Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger, today with my fabulous co-host. Hey, everybody. This is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. So today we're going to be doing a recap of North Americans. Uh, Chris and I just were together on Sunday, so it hasn't been too long ago. Um, But first, I wanted to announce we have two little less than two weeks left to join our bikini challenge. And we have that uh, application posted on the website where you can sign up. It's a 60-day fall bikini challenge. It's a time that you can try us out. Uh, just by paying a monthly fee for two months. And that's um, just kind of like a window into what it would be like to train as a bikini competitor if you ever wanted to try it and you didn't want to commit the full, you know, package price up front for four months. So it's a good opportunity to dip your feet in the waters if you are at all interested. And it does end before the holidays. So um, it's a good way to kind of make sure that things are on point uh, before Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's comes around. So the dates on that, it starts on September 19th. We are accepting applications until the 18th. And then the challenge will start and it will end on November 14th. So some of the prizes are really great. They are um, free suit rental. There's like hair services, photo Mm -hmm. shoot, different things that uh, as competitors, especially at our team shows that we kind of like provide um, it be a way to also, if you feel like you like it, then you can kind of move on and do that. Um, And if not, if it's not for you, it's always a good opportunity to do like a photo shoot and things like that. So um, yeah. Did you have anything to add on the bikini challenge? No, I think if you're wanting to look really, uh, you know, great and you're at your holiday events, it's uh there's no wrong time I think to to start and to get on track absolutely so we are gonna recap North Americans we have kind of several takeaways that uh came about to that national show so I'll just start with just first of all kind of how it compared to other national shows that we've been to this year so I would say that this is by far the biggest um, that mm-hmm. we have attended and I mean that's to be understandable in terms of it is for North America so Team Mexico you know the Canadian Alliance they're all there and those are opportunities for people um, in North America to be able to earn a pro card I think it's the only one that you can get a pro card at a master's level by winning your class and not an overall for Mexico and Canada at least I know. Um, so that kind of plumps up the numbers all the time. This yeah. is this is where Chris won her pro card. And um, yeah, so it's not just like, whereas Masters Nationals, you're, you have to be a U.S. citizen or you have to be a green card holder. You cannot be a non-U.S. citizen. So um, that is one thing that I think kind of makes it a bigger show. And then the fact mm-hmm. that you can also cross over into the open, obviously that just draws more people in terms of, you know, you can you can be um, anywhere from 60, 55, 50, 45, 40, 35, and then open class. There's a lot of classes for bikini. And then wellness yes. was on the same day. And that also had crossovers of, 
you know, open and masters and then also women's bodybuilding started off the day with masters and then also open for that one. So that was my take. There are definitely, you know, when you see button numbers that are 10, 36 or like in the 1000s, you know, it's pretty Four big. digits. Yeah. That's when, you know, it's a big show. And obviously there were male, um, competitors earlier in the week and then I think figure and physique were the day before and same with fitness um on that Friday and then I think the men were like on Thursday and Wednesday maybe um so yeah what are your thoughts um overall as far as like how that one was run yeah so I always notice I mean every year the deeper you get into the calendar year the better the competition seems to be, the more time people have had to prep and get to their optimal physiques. North Americans, for sure, brought some heavy competition, which was really exciting to see. Um, I think you, anybody that entered uh, any national show, basically, I think deserves um, some recognition for putting yourself up there against the best the highest level and seeing where you match up and taking the feedback to get better but um i always love north americans it has a special place for me personally um but i do think that we had like a good crew of girls there and it was really exciting to see um a lot of different all the the physiques for wellness and for bikini and it was stacked that's my bottom line (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and we kind of had a, a sprinkling of competitors throughout all of the categories. So it yes. it actually, this was probably one of the longest running that I remember in terms of prejudging because it started at 8 a.m. And then mm-hmm. I had somebody in the H class and they did not step off stage until 5.45 p.m. So mm-hmm. that's a long time to hold a peak. It definitely contributes to different strategies trying to yes. hold that. And I also had a G open class person, a D open class. And then you had, um, and then I had a 35 D mm-hmm. and then you had 50 B yep. and masters 35 wellness D. So yes. we were kind of, you know, wellness was in the beginning after bodybuilding, especially masters went first. And then like we had the 50 and then it just like kind of went throughout the day of just, um, you know, being able to cheer these ladies on and they put so much hard work into it. And I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, how, when you do several shows kind of piggybacking off, because there's a lot like right in a row. So it's, you know, universe is 4th of July weekend. And then you've got masters nationals three weeks later, and then you have North Mm -hmm. Americans that's, you know, labor day weekend. So they're all kind of clustered together in the, like months of July and slash August, like early September, um, just barely. And so it can be interesting. So I know for two of my competitors that had competed in universe and then this one, and one of them had also done two shows in between that masters nationals and a a regional show to get requalification. Um, for both of them, we are able to, especially my open class competitor. I mean, I was looking back at her, calories for universe and 
and then compared to her calories here for North Americans going into it, and it was a 600 calorie difference, like in terms of increasing her wow. calories. So she was able to reverse basically into the show, which is nice. And then, um, you know, going from higher movement with cardio to almost zero cardio by the end of it, uh, before even the deload. And then, um, the other competitor that competed, you know, several times, we were able to add more fats in. We took a training day off of her regimen and then like cut her cardio basically in half, um, if not more. So those are always good things that makes the reverse a little bit easier. Um, if you can start reversing them into the show when they get that lean, mm -hmm. um, their metabolism really starts responding after a couple of shows and you kind of get dialed in in that direction. So, um, and then others, it's just a matter of the fact that some people, you know, may be experiencing like life circumstances where they're, you know, having the stress of like a new job, kids, family, all that stuff that we're, you know, basically having to, you know, diet and keep their, their movement pretty high in between. It just, mm -hmm. it just, you know, it's different for everybody. And that's why we do really pride ourselves on being like a unicorn prep because it's very catered to that specific individual and what they need. And when it comes to a national stage, everyone looks good. So sometimes you yep. have to really dig in your heels. And if the body's being stubborn, you know, we got to get after it. And they're going to be a mm -hmm. little uncomfortable because that's just what nationals is. I mean, our bodies aren't mean or, you know, we're not meant to be like this lean. So sometimes right. it takes a little, little extra. Um, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think it's been very interesting to do, to see physiques uh, with my clients, like back-to-back -back show. And I would say there's been different approaches each show. Um, like I've done different peaks on all of my athletes with national uh, expectations, whether it's a different calculation of their carb up or a different method of peaking them. Um looking at, you know, water intake and electrolytes, uh, or looking at potassium and sodium. It's been like a continual change because even within that short period of that short period of time, like you said, with the two months, their um, physique requires something different. <clears throat> and I would agree managing cortisol and stress between like those shows is a big as a big one in making sure that people get their body to respond in just enough time. So, yeah, I mean, I had, uh, you know, I've had clients that have had to like each peak get more and more carbs. Um, we've brought down activity and then I've had clients that need to just grind and push a little bit more and then their body responds um, better during their peak. So yeah, it's all about setting it up for that specific time that you get on stage whether it's eight o'clock in the morning or 5 30 in the afternoon like having a good coach like watch that and make sure that they have a an executed plan I think that's been the biggest challenge for me as a coach but I would say I felt like all of my girls have brought something better each time around yeah and I I think too another big key factor is one of my competitors we really focused on sleep and her body was super mm. stubborn for the longest yeah. time and then she increased her sleep and really focused on that and that's kind of why like, why we took off training days and things like that 
just so that yeah. she could prioritize sleep with her 12 hour shifts and her body responded by, I mean, she kept losing weight, like seven pounds or something in between masters nationals and North Americans. And it was just a difference of that. And kind of like some other things too, that can be a focus is digestion. If you're not going to the bathroom yes. regularly, if your gut is, you know, not processing foods properly, it's going to be really hard to lose body fat. So, you know, taking a hard look at that and like inflammatory foods that could be causing problems with constipation and things like that, it's always tricky. And then, you know, show day, it's always kind of like you hope that poop fairy comes and (laughs) sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, but it can really make a difference like with abdominal tightness and things like that. So even just like, getting people to go to the bathroom those last couple of days with stress, I, you know, and flying and all that can be, um, you know, you can have like all these mm-hmm. different protocols that you kind of have to implement as well. So it's always good to be there. Uh, we like, you know, posing with the ladies Friday night before giving them last minute instructions, finishing touches. Uh, we had a couple of suit adjustments and like a couple of people had rented And so we fitted them and, um, you know, your body changes very rapidly, like towards the end. So sometimes, you know, what was fitting you doesn't anymore. And, um, so you just kind of have to make those last minute adjustments. And, um, that's why I like being there and, uh, you know, also just seeing them on stage and then we can kind of get into the feedback piece of it. But, uh, once again, we were first in line, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) to talk to Sandy after the show Um, we made a beeline and it's just it's good to talk with her about each of the athletes she always takes great notes and she'll stay until the last person you know leaves and I mean I even heard Attila say do you want something to drink or like water go to the bathroom she's like no she's like I'm good and yeah she just she went through each of my athletes and um you know, it's always good to good practice to make sure you have the stage shots and the button number ready Mm -hmm. for her so that she can look you up on her notes and then kind of give you the feedback there. But, um, I mean, you were right there with me as well. So did you want to kind of talk about any sort of trends or things that you had as like a big takeaway, like aha moment for you? Uh, with like judge feedback? Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I think um, where we've talked about in the past where we were hearing a lot of abdominal control from judges, uh, we didn't, I didn't, I didn't hear any of that this time around. So nope, I didn't have it uh, once. I think we improved it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so kudos to all the ladies that like uh, took the feedback and did better. Um, I do feel like we, uh, that was a really positive thing. Um, one thing that stood out a lot from uh, talking with Sandy was just glute depth. I feel like over the years, it's just gotten more and more uh, three-dimensional glutes, not just for wellness, but for bikini as well. Um, And again, this is like, that's a general statement because your body is unique to you and you may have overpowering glutes, but I am noticing that like, um, that's a lot of what she was referring to is like, um, bringing more, having more muscle on the backside of you so that your um, conditioning or your tie-ins look better, you're tighter. You know, if you think about it, if you have more volume underneath the skin, 
it's going to make everything appear a little bit rounder, fuller and tighter when we're looking at the tie-ins. So um, yeah, I think going into some of these improvement seasons with these ladies, we'll be using some strategies and developing those three-dimensional glutes. And the one other thing I've noticed is some of my athletes diet down. I can see where there's some imbalances in their glute musculature because you have the glute max, you have the glute meds, and then you're looking at like your hamstrings meeting your glute max for the tie-ins. And as people get leaner, I can see more of their structure, especially when you do a carb up, I can see like, wow, your glute max is really full, but we're not getting as much volume with the roundness and the top part of your glutes with the, where the glute meads are. So we need to go to the drawing table and look at hip mobility and um, glute activation in the right spots to make sure that while you're in your improvement season, you're not just, just hip thrusting to get bigger glutes. We're using different uh, glute exercises in all the different planes to target all the different areas. So that would be my biggest takeaway. Yeah. And I think there's a point where you can get somebody super conditioned and they get those V's at the bottom of their glutes. But at, at the end of the day, you can actually sell the conditioning a little bit more in terms of like what I'm trying to say is you can probably hold a little bit more body fat if you have a little bit more glute depth and density. Yeah. So you're actually going to look leaner if you have more muscles. So no, mm -hmm. it is not a skinny contest. It's not like about what you weigh. It is about yes. what you look like. And so if you put on more muscle in the improvement season, then when you go to diet down, you actually don't even have to get as lean uh, to look mm -hmm even more conditioned than you were before because you have that depth. So um, some things that I did with my athletes that were really trying to get the deep Vs at the bottom, um, I had a couple, I had the um, convenience of, you know, the one, one of my athletes that was in the show, she actually is local here. So I was able to put the EMG on her and do some like deadlifting, some hip thrusts, some different glute, uh, exercises where I was trying to see why maybe she wasn't getting quite such a defined taper, uh, kind mm -hmm. of looking into her range of motion and her activation. And so the EMG was showing when she was doing her previous, um, like hip thrust or glute bridge or deadlift on the numbers. So obviously the higher the number, the more activation of the muscle that you have the EMG sensor on. So I had it on mm -hmm. her glute and when she would do a pelvic tuck, so the opposite of what we want people doing when they're posing. So when you're posing in bikini, you want an anterior pelvic tilt, which basically means like your lower back is really arch and mm -hmm. you're really trying to like arch the low back to get the proper posing technique. But the problem with bikini athletes is sometimes we transfer what we're trying to muscle memory in our posing and really, so if you're posing and you're tucking your hips towards the curtain, that's a horrible thing. Your glutes drop and you get no dimension on stage. But when you're lifting, that's the kind of tuck that you need. So mm -hmm. to get the engagement. So when she was doing um, her previous and then working on kind of like 
dropping the hips, if that makes sense, and then pelvic, you know, mm-hmm. like a tuck. She was getting in the 450, 300 ranges, and her previous range of motion was getting her like 150, which is a huge difference on the EMG. Yeah. Um, and then some other things that we did to get better um, glute depth is we started doing um, some psoas, stretching mobility exercises um, with a different athlete. She had really tight psoas muscle or like that hip flexor basically area. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very tight. So when you're doing a hip thrust, you're not going to get full range of motion if that there's a lot of tension right there. And Mm -hmm. it's not, you're not able to fully lock out and come all the way up and really do that tuck um, Mm -hmm. that I'm talking about. So there are some videos that we're going to be posting on our YouTube um, channel soon. So be on the lookout for that, but they're, they're really good. Um, so as muscle type of stretches that you can do before you get into your hip thrusts and glute bridges so that you're getting that full range of motion and your psoas isn't so, so tight. Yeah. That tuck makes a huge difference. I always think about like you're pulling your tailbone underneath of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're absolutely right. I think with the posing, we learn to get lower back mobility. But if your pelvis is like stacked and tucked underneath of you, I feel like a lot of our lower body or glutes specific exercises, we start hinging from like the femur, that femur and uh, hip bone joint versus like from our low back. So when people are like, oh, I'm doing this glute exercise and my low back is so sore, like that because your pelvis has like the joint with your your legs and then the joint with your spine, like the tie-ins are lower. So that's just anecdotally from my personal experience. I feel like if I'm hinging more from the, the leg and uh, hip joint versus the, the low back, you're going to get more of like the glute uh, activation. So yeah, good mm-hmm. call on that one for sure. Yeah. And those of you that just re- reminded me of kind of something that I get when I get a feedback that people's lower back is burning on a hyper or reverse Mm. hyper, then they're not really rounding like a cat, like they should be and really tucking Mm -hmm. their pelvis and pushing their hips against the pad, especially on a reverse hyper or I'm sorry, on a regular hyper. I find that people try to do that same bikini pose where they, are erect and they mm-hmm. arch their low back and then they come up and they hinge forward in an upright position, like overextension of their spine in a way. So they're going to yes. start feeling it burn in their lower back, whereas really they should be very rounded and it should be movement at the hips and tucking mm-hmm. and pushing. So you should feel it in your hamstrings and your glutes versus your lower back. So something to think about if you are doing that. I know this is not a visual podcast, but, um, <laughs> I feel like if we can maybe get some videos out on YouTube, I know Brittany has been doing a good job of doing form Fridays. So those will be some things that will be coming, um, your way so that you can kind of visualize also what we're talking about as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So as far as with feedback, um, I think hands down, it's, it's important that if you need more glute depth and you're, you know, kind of at your max limit of dieting where mm-hmm. you just need to kind of just 
get back into maintenance or surplus calories, start doing a recomposition where you're able to build. Because if you're dieting for so long, doing so many back-to-back shows, it's just impossible to grow when you're always in a deficit and your movement's high and your calories are low. So at that time, it's, you know, this is the time of year where masters, competitors, kind of all their chances for winning their class and getting a pro card are done now. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, with the exceptions of Masters USA's, you have to win the overall in that. So there's only, you know, a pro card given out to one person in 35 versus A through H, like at some of these shows, or A through F. Um, So, I mean, it makes the most sense as Masters competitors to take time off, start growing. And then for the Open competitors, you know, we we do have NPC Nationals coming up here. um, And this year it's in December, which is new. And that goes to the open class, the top two in their class. So if you have it in you, if you're one of those people that was probably reverse dieting into North Americans, then I would say that that would be a realistic thing to keep prepping, uh, especially if you were close, like in your placement. Mm -hmm. But if your master's or your feedback was to grow at all, I think, you know, at this time, it's like most people should be kind of ending that that season at that point. Yeah, I think that's good advice thinking. I always try and remind people to think about the long game um, because what it, reminding yourself your ultimate goal and if that's to win your pro card, making sure that like your strategy is moving you towards that. For some people, I know like they really enjoy competing and they want to compete a lot. And so it's hard for me to convince them that they need to take this time off because it's actually going to help them towards their goal next year. Like there's nothing wrong with planning for a 2023 season. You don't have to necessarily do something within the next couple of months. So strategizing and thinking long-term so that you're always moving towards the ultimate goal, taking feedback uh, and applying it versus like, you know, letting your placement or your feedback make you feel defeated and you should give up and just go into improvement season. Like, no, it's a gift and it's going to help you move towards what is next for you. So, um, yeah. yeah. And, and it can help you reset mentally too. Cause I know like yes. a huge part of dieting is just the mental aspects of that. And I did have, uh, one person that this was their first national show and she's actually in four weeks doing the Ben Weeder and we were fortunate. Yay. She was probably the only one that, Sandy didn't have in her notes or she didn't tell me I just kind of like asked her anecdotally but um she the only thing she said was tighter get tighter get more conditioning and I was like okay that's perfect because if you're competing in four weeks that's what you want to hear because it just means more time in a deficit more movement for this next four weeks to get the body fat to come down so because it's very hard to grow in that deficit so we were excited to hear that and um that is a drug tested event so I think it'll be a good opportunity for her to you know be on a playing field that's you know where she's at like as an athlete and um some other things I just wanted to point out is one of my competitors I thought it was a very pro mentality um thing to say and she had mentioned like you know should she go out to dinner should she stay for feedback and she said I can always eat whenever but she's like you know I can't get I've worked this hard I've you know come this far like I I can hold off on eating food 
and talk to Sandy about my feedback and that's what's important. And I just think that that um, switch, I think when I was first competing, I know I gained 15 pounds, uh, you know, after my first show, I ate like crazy, crazy amounts of food mm-hmm. and couldn't see my ankles. And I think just like with the maturity of the sport, like you get to a certain point where, um, where you are in this for the long haul, that this is a lifestyle and you know that the food's not going anywhere and that, you know, you put in all these hours, all this time, all this money, all this hard work, like it's really worth it to stay get feedback, um, and just eat something later, you know, um, that's my opinion. Um, that's kind of where I'm at or eat some food in line. I don't know why you wait, but I would say always get feedback no matter what, whatever you do, because otherwise it's really, I think I don't, the judges don't always like to respond via email and it's just better hearing it in person and kind of going over it with the pictures and then, Sometimes they don't put notes, you know, or as detailed, but then she can like look at the pictures and kind of talk with you about it. So, um, any thoughts there on that one? Yeah, I think it's good when it's fresh in their mind. If you have a judge that wants to give you feedback after the show, um, I definitely, I think it's a long day. So bring some food with you while you're standing in line, like, are you waiting the show to end and bring some food so that, uh, you're you get the best of both worlds, but that's one thing that I've had to try and shift as an athlete in my mind is like, I'm showing up to shows for the feedback. Um, because the sport is always about getting that 1% better and you can do that more easily with the correct, uh, advice from, you know, a judge. So yeah, I would agree. I think it's, um, it's a smart thing to do getting that feedback. And if you have to eat in line, then eat in line. But, um, yeah, I think the, what Sandy has to share is always super valuable and she remembers people. So it's good to like be in front of her and have her look at you. And like Amy was able to ask a specific question if she needed clarification and, um, yeah, I just, it's always a win. Yeah, because there's things that I see on my athlete and I know like things that we've struggled with at that Mm -hmm. point and maybe she didn't write that down. And so I just want to get her take like, am I off base by thinking this? And, you know, I mean, it was like one of the one of the people she didn't say anything about like growing shoulders or whatever. And I just said, you know, how is her upper body? Um, And she's like, well, she could, you know, use a little bit, but I think everyone can, you know, we can always grow like that's always a thing I mean even as pro and Miss Olympia like you're always going to grow and continue your growth but I think it's just good to kind of get the nitty-gritty out there that's going to get lost in an email and things like that so yeah yeah I'd agree okay so just a reminder we will have in the show notes the sign up link for the bikini challenge and it does start September 19th so Get your entries in and um, get registered for that so that you can be a part of this bikini challenge coming up here, our 60-day challenge. You can find us on Instagram at Prep Life Podcast or at Glam Girl Bikini. And if you don't want to look in the show notes for whatever reason, you can go to GlamGirlBikini.com and you can scroll down on the homepage and the bikini challenge is there, um, the Get Started button. If you'd like to apply for the team, that's at the very top of our website. 
And, um, you know, if you are a hardworking athlete that wants to achieve big things, but wants personalized concierge attention, then that's the place to go. So Mm -hmm. this is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger, signing off with my fabulous co-host. And this is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. Thanks for listening, everybody.